Welcome to the Successful Contractor, powered by CertainPath, a show for residential contractors about residential contractors. We chronicle business journeys, share insights, and celebrate successes in this wonderful industry. I'm your host, Bob Houchin. For more information on how CertainPath can put your contracting company on a certain path to success, visit our website, www.mycertainpath.com. I hope you enjoyed today's show and take away a nugget or two. SD and Rich, thank you so much for being on the show today. I greatly appreciate it. Uh, for those that are watching or listening and haven't had the pleasure of meeting you, could you kind of introduce yourself? So SD, we'll start with you. Kind of share your name and what you do with CertainPath. Sure. My name is SD Jacoby. I've been with CertainPath for a little over five years, and I am a business coach, and I work with the training department and do some of the sales and service training. Very good. Very good. Thank you for being on the show, Rich. Throw it over to you. Kind of share your name, uh, what your role is with Certain Path, and all that good stuff. Yeah, Rich Rogers. Uh, I'm one of the uh, coaches as well, as well as a uh, training facilitator and a sales and service coach. And I've been huh. here almost a year, and was a member for four years prior to coming. Before good I was stuck. It goes fast. It goes fast. I can't believe five. Hold oh, man. Uh, well, hey, we are talking about uh, an incredibly important topic, especially uh, considering it, it, this this topic is coming up soon, and that's shoulder season. We're recording this at the end of July, and especially for our friends in the HVAC and roofing business, um, that's a big uh, a big thing to try and tackle to make sure we have consistent leads and avoid that slump that often happens. Uh, but before we talk into how to tackle shoulder season, I always want people to kind of know a little bit more about our our. Uh, our guests on the show, um, just to, it's always interesting, and, and I think a lot can be learned from each other's journey. So, Essie, lead us off. Kind of share with everyone real quickly what your background in the trades has been and uh, all that good stuff. Sure. Yeah, I've been in the trades for almost 16 years now. Got my start with a member company in California and went to work with them as a temp and obviously never got out of the industry. Um held a lot of positions, sales league coordinator, sales manager. I was a comfort advisor in the field, um, did sales for quite a few years, became a crown champion three times with certain path with my best year was in uh, 2012 and I did just shy of 2.5 million. Um, I've worked with manufacturers and now I'm here. Very good. Very good. Yes. And your video is one of our most popular on our YouTube channel. When we walk through your sales process, so we're glad to have you yeah. back. Thank That's you. very exciting. Yeah, of course. Well, Rich, share with everyone your your uh, journey in the trades. Yeah, so I was uh, in sales and sales management for almost thirty two years, and uh, spent uh, the last seventeen of those in roofing and construction, um, many different various positions, of course. Um, was a district sales manager for Home Depot for outside sales. And then uh, I chose the roofing industry specifically because, quite frankly, that's where the fish are. And uh, <laughs> so um, I did that for a number of years and then well, was fortunate enough to uh, hook up with a member uh, um, in the last four years of my career. And uh, I, too, ended up uh, the very first year I just wanted to sell. And uh, became a crown champion. Uh, did a almost uh, oh, about two point four million dollars, I think, my first year, and then uh, quickly got moved back into management, and uh, which was 
my crowning achievement, honestly, was to take four guys and make them crown champions, and they've all been crown champions ever since. So that's uh, that's what the trophy that I like. That's right. I love it. Love helping other people be successful. That's fun. So, well, hey guys, thanks for for being on the show. I'm excited to dig into our topic, and let's go ahead and do so. Uh, again, shoulder season will be here before you know it, and I think it's even more important to discuss it because I think leads for a lot of our members aren't as plentiful as they have been uh, the last couple of years. So, uh, let's go ahead and dig in. SCM, have you lead us off planning in the HVAC side? How often? Or how, how early in the year do you guys start talking about shoulder season? What managers should be involved? What does your plan kind of look like? Yeah, that's a great question. So typically with members, I like to start planning the year prior. So as November starts rolling around, that's when we start making those, you know, budget setting meetings, goal setting meetings to really figure out, okay, how much do we want to grow? You know, how much um, is our team planning on growing so we can figure out what everyone's individual goals need to look like and how many leads we need to bring in to help them get to those goals. So, I mean, looking at it right now, we're we're inching up on the time to start planning for 2024. But for let's say for our fall shoulder season or as I like to call it our outbound calling season. Um, that's coming up now. I'm starting to meet with members at the end of this month, beginning of August for planning for end of September and through October, November. Excellent. Very good. Rich, how about you? Is it pretty similar in roofing or when do you guys start talking, uh, planning who's involved in those conversations? Yeah. Um, it just kind of continue on what she said. Um, that, uh, that was a really good start. And most of the trades you're going to do it that way. Roofing is slightly different. Um, and I'll caveat this by saying, um, the, the, the Southern states really don't have shoulder months for the most part, specifically our members, uh, you know, basically all along the South Florida, Arizona, uh, South Texas, they're going to continue to work all year long. Um, of course, the, moving North of that is going to vary depending on where they are, um, in the, you know, that North South line. However, in saying all that is that most of the time, this is about when you want to start kind of looking up. Uh, it's starting to slow down. They're going to have the roofing business in general uh, is kind of in that um, maintenance stage right now through the summer, people taking vacations, things like that. And it'll start picking up again here right after Labor Day, and then it'll run all the way until Thanksgiving. But you can't wait until then to do it. You need to do it now. And then this brings back where you have to get into that self-generating lead stage. Uh, Marketing is only going to do so much in shoulder season. Right now is the time that you have to go build those relationships with people who are going to give you those referrals, What, no matter what the weather is. Of course, weather is going to drive the phone ringing, um, and so will advertising. But at the end of the day, roofing specifically, um, it's all about relations and relationships and who is sending you that business, um, which leads to a whole other discussion, but there's videos on the hub for that. Yeah, yeah absolutely. We're going to dig into marketing in a little bit, but... Uh... I do want to address uh, S. You, you placed you, you phrased it well. It's outbound season, right? So let's let's talk about outbounding, um, especially in the, in the HVAC world. What are what are the different groups of customers you recommend outbounding to our members? You know, I know that a lot of members tend to focus on their club members, which is fantastic. We build that base up for a reason, so we have all of these preset calls that we know we can run in our slower times. But I always like to say, hey, this is a great opportunity to go through your entire database 
and start reaching out to everyone that you've got in there. People spend years collecting names, phone numbers, email addresses, even just physical addresses. And there's lots of ways we can do it. So we typically will separate it out. Yes, of course, all your club members get those club visits set up. But tackle the people maybe we haven't seen in a year. Maybe the people we haven't seen in three or more years. Maybe, you know, reaching out and just touching base by mail, phone, text blast. There's lots of ways to do it. But I recommend not getting stuck in the only calling our members and getting those calls set up because right. you're not going to always find all of your members. Some of them might be stragglers. You may not be able to, to facilitate that. So reaching out and branching out to everyone. Right. I mean, there's a lot of, uh, I know, uh, we always want to close everybody, right, on on replacement leads and even on service opportunities, but that certainly doesn't happen. I know there's a lot of members that have success with uh, their CCRs just calling behind, and even they close a lot of those deals, right, that we have people that do that. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, those are your low-hanging fruit type of calls. If we've been out there, we've given a quote of some kind, just even a quick check-in, hey, just wanted to see if you ever had the work done. If not, you know, what are you doing to continue to maintain? Or would you like us to come out and give us a, give a new quote as prices have changed? Right, right. When, when, is it all, when do you guys recommend from the lead going from the salesperson following up to going back to the call center to kind of manage it? Is it like a month? Is it a couple weeks? What's your experience? So my personal experience, I've, I've seen it done a couple of ways. Um when I was working with one company that I was with, it was, you know, we, we had the leads as our own leads for at least 30 days. And then we would continue to do follow up and touch base. I've seen some companies where, Hey, if you don't close it in the first week, it becomes a company lead again. And then a call taker or an inside salesperson will have at it and attempt to make the close. So really it's, it's going to depend on the company and, and what they feel is best to not drop the ball on right. on leads. Right. Do you recommend that, that you discount in that call or is it just a touch, kind of a just touch, you know, and say, hey, have you made a decision? You know, I guess for me, it depends on how your schedule looks. If, if you've got crickets in the background and nothing going on and you just need to get some revenue coming in, I don't think it's a bad thing to to discount a small amount. I'm I'm more of the what can we add to it? Give them something for free that's of value as opposed to discount if possible. Yeah. But desperate times sometimes call for I don't want to say desperate measures, but right. unique measures that we wouldn't normally do throughout the year. If you've got work going on and you're not dead as a doornail, I don't believe in discounting. I don't think we need to. It it de depletes our value. Yeah, and you got you to gotta hit those gross margins. Got to have them. Mm -hmm. So very good. Rich, kind of same line line of question to you. When In the roofing business, when you guys are kind of slowing down in those shoulder seasons, what are the different kind of groups of customers you guys are calling out? So first of all, the first thing you want to do, and you're going to do this regularly anyway, but specifically in the shoulder mounts, is to go back to those missed opportunities. Uh, people that didn't close originally, um, you're going to have, you know, you have to, the two different markets that you have or the two different customers you have in roofing is repair and request, uh, specific. And, and it's a myriad of, you know, there's really no rhyme or reason to what you have more of. Um, now when you call and how often you call and when you turn those over to your inside, people are going to change based on those. But the very first thing you're going to do is those missed opportunities. Um, and then the second one is going to be specifically go back to your, 
previous repair customers and offering a complimentary inspection to make sure that there isn't anything else going on. Um, your replacements are, they take a little long. Um, you have to finesse the replacements on the roofing side. Um, that is really kind of a feel. And so before you ask the question, I'll go ahead and answer it, is when do you call those back? Um, the re repairs will take those first. The repair is pretty much at 30 days or maybe even at two weeks. If you haven't captured that repair, it's it needs to be called. So, and if, if the sales guys aren't calling them, and you can see in the system based on their follow-up, I'm going to turn that over to somebody on the inside and let them do an alcohol calling, and that I'm going to pay them that, a portion of that commission, quite frankly, because now they're doing the work. And then um, on, on replacements, it's going to be a little longer. Uh, depending on the market, if you're in a storm season, you're really going to have to be about 90 days out before, with no activity, before I'm going to turn that over to somebody on the inside. It's a different, it's just a whole other game. And they're going to, that customer is going to have questions that, that whoever's doing that outbound calling cannot answer, but it's just to get the activity rolling. How do you, when you, when talking to your salespeople about following up on those leads, you know, you, how frequently should they be doing so? Cause you don't want to be abusive, right? Where you're calling and texting every other day. Cause I know as a homeowner, it's like, okay, chill out. You know, I've got, some stuff going on. I'm interested, but not like right now we're interested, right? Yeah. Well, let's take two. So repair is going to be next day, three days, one week, two weeks. And I'm going to call first, always make a phone call. Um, and then texting is incredibly effective. Uh, but don't just text first. You can't text first. You have to make a phone call. It, they're probably going to listen to a voicemail, so I generally don't leave. So phone, text. One day, next day, three days, seven days, two weeks. At that point, want to repair. It's either they went somewhere else, they're ghosting you, make the outbound calls, let somebody else do it. Yeah. Repa replacement's a little different. Um, still going to do the next day, three day, but you're going to be asking permission to do this. You know, is it okay if I follow up tomorrow? You have a chance to talk to your spouse, whatever. Is it okay if I follow up with you in a couple of days? If it's an insurance lead, now that's that brings up a whole other game is that it generally takes seven to ten days for them to get their insurance checked and their scope of work that the insurance is approving. So you want to put something in your tickler file, maybe touch base with them in the meantime so they don't forget who you are. But for the most part, you're not going to touch that lead for about seven to ten days until they get that money and that scope of work for their insurance. Uh, now there's training in that for roofing specialists, and I'm not going to go into it now. However. Once that part, once you get to that seven to 10 days and they have that insurance money, now you start your presentation next day, three days, seven day, two weeks. And then maybe at that point, about once a week until they tell you no, or they sell, or now they're just ghosting you at that point. Support for this podcast comes from RoofSnap. Are you tired of spending hours measuring and estimating roofing jobs? RoofSnap is here with powerful tools to provide fast measurements and estimates that simplify and speed up the sales process. When you order roof measurement reports, they arrive in your inbox in as little as two hours, 60 minutes or less with rush delivery. Or draw your own roof measurements and receive your report in minutes. Certain PATH members can try out a free seven-day trial of RoofSnap. If you subscribe after the trial ends, you'll get five free measurement reports plus one extra free report if you sign up by September 30th. Don't miss the chance to simplify your roofing process and boost your bottom line. Look for RoofSnap in your CertainPath portal to get started today. 
American Standard. Did you know the American Standard Home app gives homeowners control over their American Standard smart comfort system from the palm of their hands? Give them the power to adjust temperature, hot or cold, set schedules, monitor usage, and optimize energy from anywhere. The American Standard Home app gives homeowners the ability to control how their environment feels so they can create their perfect cozy space. Download the American Standard Home app on the App Store today or get it on Google Play. All right, so we, we've got the calls out. We've booked some leads, whether they're sales leads or service opportunities. Uh, it's time to get the right tech or the right salesperson and the right opportunity. Esty, um, maybe just kind of share with people, what are some general dispatching practices we teach, that you teach uh, to members to make sure, you know, it's not necessarily uh, so-and-so's closest to that house. It's really that we want to get the hot hand, the best hand on those, those opportunities, right? Yeah, absolutely. Dispatching for profits is going to be key, especially in a season where we don't have as much volume. So we have the time to take the time. So I got to stress that these are not going to be, you know, 20 minute, 30 minute, one hour calls. If we are lucky enough to be able to get back in the door with somebody, we need to capitalize on the opportunity to create that lasting relationship. So getting back in, utilizing all of our inspection forms, taking the time to meet with the customer and really go through and be thorough is, is key, but more so making sure you have the right person out there. So. I always tell people we're not just looking at one thing. I always say dispatchers are like spinning seven plates at the same time, right? So they got to look at the proximity to the home, how long it'll take with drive time to make sure we can get them there. They've got to make sure that they're a good communicator. So everyone has different skill sets and people who are not great communicators, but fantastic, technically skilled technicians, we need them too. But on someone where we maybe haven't seen him in a few years, I don't know that I'm going to send the person that doesn't communicate well to go recapture that business. So getting a great communicator out there, someone with that kind of skill set, even looking at things like disc personality profiling or behavior profiling to match up the right person to the right call. All of those different factors need to be looked at. And then again, with the skill set, making sure that it matches with the scope of work, because the last thing we want to do is send someone out that can't get the job done. Absolutely. Rich, anything to kind of add? I think it's pretty similar roofing, right? We want to serve the hot hand. Our great communicators are our best salespeople. When we're slow, we want to make sure they're, they're the ones that are, are going out first, right? Absolutely. You know, my last role was a sales manager and, you know, it's a very uncomplicated job when it comes to closing. Um, I have to give every lead its best opportunity to close, especially in the shoulder seasons. And so every day I would meet with the CCR, look at where uh, where the appointments were, who was going. Um, I had, you know, several guys had their skill sets. One guy was good at cedar roofs. One guy was good at metal roofs. Uh, one guy was who you sent to everybody's grandma because he was everybody's <laughs> grandson. I loved it. Um, and then it, Esty said it really well. The disc personality absolutely comes into play. And our CCR was really good at saying, hey, this guy's a high D. And we need to send our other high D out there to take control of this guy. Otherwise, he's just going to choose somebody up. Um, and then there again, you have that timid person that, you know, you have to have that guy that can handle people with kit gloves. You know, it's so there are a lot of factors and you really do pay attention to that uh, in the shoulder months. And, you know, at the end of the day, I hate to say it this way, but I'm going to send my guys out that I know that can close that deal. This is not time for participation trophies. Absolutely. And uh, I hate to say it that way, but that's the reality. You do have to dispatch for profits. 
Good stuff. I love it. Great insight. Good nuggets, guys. Thank you. Uh, Rich, I'm going to stick with you. Uh, obviously, we talked about outbounding and, and you know trying to generate leads that way, but also we have to be marketers as well. And in particular, uh, guerrilla marketing tactics certainly still work even today. Um, in particular, I'd love for you to speak about door knocking. You did a whole presentation at our last expo about about doing that. Maybe what are some things that you know roofers should be thinking about best practices when knocking on doors to generate some business? Well, like you said, you ne- this is part of our job. Um, you never really stop doing it. And if you wait until shoulder season to do it, you're just going to get sore knuckles. Um, you're not going to generate the business that you're looking for. Are you going to get business out of it? Sure. But this is the time of the year that you go out and you have to, you're almost branding yourself at this point. Uh, people need to know that you're here, that you're out here doing it, that you're doing work in their neighborhood for whatever reason, whether it was a storm or not. Um, but this is when you go do that and then you follow up on that. Now, there's a couple of little best practices you can do with door hangers, um, you know, and, and this is really good for uh, HVAC as well, is you put a door hanger out on a street in the morning. You come back in the afternoon and you see which door hangers are missing. Well, now you know that those people are home and you can knock that door. And so that's just one little trick you can do just for uh, canvassing. Now, there's a couple of best practices is don't prejudge a situation. I don't care specifically in the roofing business. If I walk up and I can see this guy's got a brand new roof or I saw it going on next week, I'm going to knock that door. Because what if that roofer that did that roof, they didn't like him and their mom needs a roof or all the neighbors didn't like him. I'm still yep. going to knock on the door and make a uh, and make a, a friend and say, hey, I know your roof just went on, but, you know, this is something that we do. I don't know if you maybe know somebody in the area that might need a new roof or inspection. You know, as a matter of fact, I do. My mom needs one, and she lives in, oh, by the way, the most affluent neighborhood in the area. And now I've got a deal that is amazing, and I w- most people are going to walk by that door. Never right. prejudge a situation. Never walk by any door. Um, and as far as canvassing goes, there's another way. So there's door knocking, and then there's what we call cloverleafing. And cloverleafing is very, very valuable because you're going to knock on the door. And this works really well in those soliciting neighborhoods because I'm not trying to sell anything. I'm literally knocking on your door to inform you that your neighbor's roof is going to be put on in X amount of days. And it's going to be a construction site. It's going to be loud. It's going to be noisy. Uh, they might actually see some uh, debris maybe flying around in their yard, or quite frankly, if they see something that they don't think is right, please give me a call. Don't call the cops. Don't call uh, the, the office. Um, I, this is my job. I'm handling. Here's my card, and yeah. uh, and let me know. And you're gonna hit both one, both houses on each side, the three across the street. And I just found out something new. I have one of my members. They're hitting the neighbors behind them because mm. the wind just blow to the front part of the street. And right. I've actually, they've actually had people call them from behind. And I thought, well, that's yeah. genius. Seven houses and another street to go to. Yeah. Um, that's what's great is that it's just informative. And then generally, they, and I'm not going to get into it, but on the video, we talk about what happens next. But yeah. those are really yeah. the two yeah. tools of thought, the two types of canvassing and door knocking that you're going to do. And then there's some oh, best practices on that, but I'm going to lead them back to the video for that. That's coming to the hub. That's why you become a member. So you get all the good details. So very good. Esty, did you do a lot of, of, of clover leafing or anything like that in your day? Or do you have install install teams kind of, hey, do little door hangers, anything like that? Yeah. So the service team and the install team for sure were doing some door knocking. And yeah, we call it clover leafing as well in the HVAC industry. And ours is a little different only because we're not going to have a huge construction site going on. And hopefully there's no debris flying out of the house because then something would have blown up. So that's 
bad news. Yeah. But yeah. We, I always tell technicians, hey, listen, I want you to go knock on the door to the left, to the right, across the street, left and right. And then you've got, you know, five houses. Let them know, hey, I'm going to be parking in the street um, right in front of Mrs. Jones's house. I'll be there for a few hours. Just wanted to let you know that because in case you're expecting a delivery or I'm blocking something that would be beneficial for me to move to a different location, let me know. So, again, you're you're the nice guy, the nice gal. It's not oh, selling. But you're putting their ca- your card in their hand. And I think that's the most important part about it. And it's so inexpensive to do imagine being able to gather one or two new customers a week just by you know putting your card in someone's hand i'd rather run a referral call or that kind of call all day long than a blind marketed lead support for this podcast comes from synchrony are your customers reluctant to share their personal financial information with your sales team help eliminate any customer concerns by allowing them to apply for financing using their personal device with Synchrony's direct to device technology. This completely paperless process not only saves time, it helps reduce input error and frees your sales representative to handle other tasks. Customers can apply using direct to device through a secure email sent to their device or by scanning a custom QR code. For more information on direct to device and how to get set up, call your Synchrony sales team at 877-891-9803 or visit toolbox.syf.com. We do need to talk about blind marketing leads because that's that's the next thing that we, we need to all be doing, right? We need to be spending uh, some money on marketing, even though it's not always fun to do so, but it certainly has to happen. Um, SC, I'm going to stick with you. In, in the HVAC world, you know, as we are entering shoulder season, what are some things um, you recommend to members they need to be doing? I know prepping for this call, you talked about the Frustrate Contractor, which is a tool we have exclusive to members. Maybe what are some best practice, marketing best practices folks should be doing? Yeah, when it comes to Frustrated Contractor, there is a very specific set of rules that comes with how we market that. So, my only suggestion is do not deviate. Some of it's going to look a little weird or you're going to question and go, really? This way? And we're going to say, absolutely, yes, that way. Follow it to a T. And down to the color of ink that you use for your envelopes, follow it to yep. a T. Um, when it comes to you know other types of marketing, there's just so much to talk about. So... Um, when it comes to frustrated contractor, though, I'll go back there. Just reach out to your coach. If you're not a member of certain path, call us, become a member, and then you get a coach, and then you can reach out to us, and we'll walk you yep. through the process. But really, that's specific to marketing for replacement. Um, There's not, yeah, because otherwise it's tune-ups, right? That's what we always talk Right, either tune-ups or even, you know, discounts on services, Um a lot of people find a lot more traction and, and are able to gather more customers that way when they market towards uh, tune-ups and service as opposed to replacement. Um, I've seen statistics that say uh, only about 20% of people in the market know that they need a replacement and that's what they're looking for. 80% either think they just need a repair or have no idea what they need. So we need to go after the, the lion's share, which is going to be those people in that 80%. So marketing for those preventative maintenances, marketing for those, you know, demand service calls, that's where we're going to be able to find a little bit more. I love it. I love it. Rich, how about for you guys in the roofing business? I mean, you don't have 
the benefit of tune-ups. I know inspections, we preach those big time, but I know a lot of roofers go, I don't want to do inspections. I just want to replace, do replacements. So what did you guys do for, for traditional marketing that you found effective in kind of getting ready for the shoulder season? Well, there's several things. Um, and it's interesting. I want to start with what you just said last is yeah. uh, I, there are so many of our members um, and then they, they get tongue lashing from Mike, but that don't do repairs. Every repair is a future replacement. And there's no reason to not do repairs. And it gives you a great opportunity. Oh my gosh, yeah. It's just, you know, I'm out here to fix this, but while I was on the roof, I saw so many other things you might want to think about. And then that gives you your calling. And anyway, so there's so many other ways to do that. But marketing, um, gosh, I you've got your, um, you can get real specific with your your uh, or your geofencing uh, marketing, uh, your EDDM, the, the, the mailer marketing. Of course, uh, there's other, there's many other ways that you can add to your door knocking with uh, flyers and sticky notes and things like that. Um, social media is is huge. Um, uh, I'll plug one of our members, uh, Taffy Reagan at Bill Reagan Roofing, has mastered LinkedIn marketing. It is there's a whole book on this. I've I've been reading it. It's it's amazing. I had no idea that you could get uh, leads from uh, LinkedIn, and they get probably fifty percent of their leads from that. And so this is like all brand new information. Um, There's just so much that you can do. Of course, there's radio and television advertising, but that's more branding than anything else. Um, But yeah, there's, there's so many things you need to do, but now's the time to do it. Don't wait until shoulder season to do it. You have to do it right now. I would say if you're not doing it by August or September, you are really going to hurt yourself. Yeah. Be proactive. Don't do it when you're not, when you're finally dead. You know, and you got to spend some money. I think everyone got real t- got real used to getting tons of leads. And oh, I spent three percent on marketing last year. Yeah, we yeah, not going to share the yeah. I'm gonna sh- not going to share the number on a public podcast, but we have a, a certain number that we tell recommend members spend. So it's an investment. It's not an expense. Um, all right. In the interest of time, let's keep pushing forward. SD, let's talk. And uh, Rich, we'll, we'll I'd certainly throw to you as well. You two great, sensational sales trainers. Uh, when you're slow, you know, or a little slower. Uh, it's maybe time to really double down on on training in house. Uh, what do you guys recommend? Is it maybe every day, or, or what are some additional things people can do with training to really make sure we're taking advantage of every opportunity? Yeah, I am a firm believer that salespeople should be training every single day. And by training, it doesn't necessarily have to be something formal with someone instructing, right? This could be something as simple as two people sitting down and role playing through situations with each other, right? Um, I had fellow comfort advisors that I worked with and we would come in early every day to make sure we had time alone, just the four of us together and to be able to debrief what we went through the day before, talk about the situations that maybe we got stuck on and get suggestions from each other as to how to improve our skill set. So for me, that was really beneficial to growing my arsenal of tools in my tool bag, for, especially for objection handling. Um, service technicians, I know that depending on how your shop is situated, how big your market is, where everybody is located, it may not be easy to get everyone in on a daily basis. I recommend at least, at least once a week, especially in shoulder season, if you can swing more two days a week, fantastic. Five days a week, I'm all for it. But this is when we hone our skills, you know, we, we sharpen our blades, we get ready to rock and roll for when we know that we're going to get busier. And we need to not forget about our call takers. I know we talk about training salespeople, we talk about training technicians, but 
making sure that that first person that our customers interact with has it completely dialed in. I mean, that's our first line of defense, right? So we go out there, we have a good offense. Then if we need to overcome objections, we've role played on how to do that. Great. Good stuff. Good stuff. Rich, uh, I know if I'm not mistaken, I, I don't know if this started when you were at Brown Boys or if this happened afterwards. Uh, they do a lot of like Zoom video conferences, right, with the sales team? Yes. And um, it's it's absolutely, it's more effective actually um, in the wintertime, in, in the shoulder months, is that um, because what you do is, is that your your first appointment is actually going to be an hour later. Um, we, we would we would change our first appointment time because it's outside. If it's in the morning, in in the shoulder months, you're gonna have frost on the roof. Uh, maybe you're gonna be damp. You just can't get up there, and so that first appointment is moved back about an hour. And so instead of giving the guys sleep in time, you don't want that. Um, you do a Zoom call in the morning and do a little sales training, and um, not necessarily like you do on the weekly. So I, I'm a firm believer in I don't care what time of the year it is, you need to have a weekly meeting no matter what. And then that meeting is going to run a little longer on the weekly. Um, they know that, you know, that's just, it was Wednesdays, uh, Wednesday meeting, middle of the week. Uh, you know, Mondays, people are dragging. They're trying to get their week started. Fridays, uh, you know, <laughs> salespeople Friday is a national holiday. And so, you know, you just, <laughs> you just can't get them to work on Friday. So Wednesday tended to be the best day for a meeting. And uh, it run a little longer. Uh, do some objection handling, have everybody, all the sales guys would bring one deal that they just couldn't get closed, and uh, we would run it through with the group. And yeah. uh, and then yeah. it was a little bit of sales training involved anyway. And that needs to happen. I don't care if you're in the middle of the biggest sales storm we ever had. Everybody needs to come together. Uh, you, you know, there, there's there's strength in numbers. Iron sharpens iron. You know, it doesn't matter because you can slip, you can get complacent, you, you stop running the process. And, you know, what's funny is, is that I took roofing specialist training every year no matter what. And I would always walk in with this open mind of we can always learn. And 90% of the time what would happen is I go, you know, when did we stop doing it? We used to try it. And it's the craziest thing. But when you get busy, you slip, you skip, and then the next thing you know, you're not running the process and you're wondering why your numbers are going. So absolutely, shoulder months every day in the morning on a Zoom uh, because you got people scattered. They're all over the city. And then their first appointment might not be anywhere near the shop. So why would you want them to run into the shop uh, just to have a meeting? And then, uh, but anyway, Zoom was very effective. You know, yeah, COVID was a lot of stuff. And that was one of them is that we can have very effective meetings. We don't have to be in the same room together. Absolutely. Uh, you know, when it is shoulder season, it is also an opportunity to do some other things in the business with the managers in terms of implementing new things. I know Rich... Uh, just to kind of follow up with you, you had mentioned at Brown Boys, when you guys went from like three to six million dollars, it was really stressful. But when you went from six to 11, it was a bit of a, I don't want to say it was a breeze, but it was certainly not as painful because you guys did some certain things that really set you up for success. Kind of could share with people what you guys did and how yeah. that. So in 2018, uh, we did rent it up around three and a half million dollars. Yeah, maybe four. Um, but in uh, 2019, uh, we did 6.8 and we pulled our hair out. We were ready to kill each other. Um, the, uh, the owner went and locked himself in a hotel room for three days to get his head straight. And, um, it was, it was rough. Um, we had the infrastructure, uh, we had the people, we had the, we had the departments that could do it, but it just, we were not ready for that. And, uh, so we spent that winter, uh, I moved into a manager slot and grabbed the production manager and said, we're going to do this together. Production and sales can't be at odds against each other. They have to be one. 
and we're going to make this one. Now, the upside is, is that we were both veterans and we knew each other. We were the same age. And so, you know, a lot of those gaps were bridged automatically. And I said, we're going to do this together. But uh, Will came in and said, we don't have proper SOPs. Every department manager spent that winter, those shoulder months, developing. We wrote an SOP for every job in the company. The following year, we did a uh, $10.8 million. And it felt like nothing. It was, I mean, at the end of the year, we're like, we did how much? Right. That was the easiest thing in the world. It felt effortless because every every person, every place had a person. Every every person had an SOP. Everybody knew what their job was. Everybody knew their KPIs. It was just so, I can't even tell you how easy that it was having those procedures in place. And then, you know, they haven't really changed. They just, at that point, you just continue to tweak them. Yep. That's no, that's great insight. Essie, I want to throw uh, through a question. Rich mentioned something there. When times are tough and things are stressful, it's really easy for departments to get at odds with one another. And you're, you know, though it's, you know, the install team doesn't like sales isn't doing their job or service goes sales isn't making the most of these opportunities we're giving them. How do you kind of avoid that when times are tough to kind of keep the culture hot? Do you have any thoughts on that? So first things first is, is setting up meetings interdepartment meetings between the different departments, sitting them down, having them discuss professionally what the issues are and and discover what kind of resolutions can be made. Because a lot of times it's just a communication issue. And if we don't talk about it, we don't know about it and we'll continue to do the same wrong things. And I can speak from example on this, having when I started in um, Comfort Advisor Sales, this was my first in-field job. I didn't have technical experience, so I didn't know the equipment like a technician would. So if you don't tell me that I did it wrong or didn't measure it right or included the wrong thing, I don't know that I did it wrong or didn't include the right thing. So open lines of communication, ensuring that each team asks specifically for what they need and that we don't get upset when things are pointed out to us that maybe can use improvement. You know, that whole thing where we feedback for improvement and, and feedback to praise, none of it is, you know, feedback because we're bad people. It's not about the person. It's about the behavior and just making sure we address the behavior. Good stuff. Good stuff. Okay, guys, and wrapping up, Rich, I'll start with you. What are, we've covered a lot of things. We could probably spend another two hours talking. But what are two or three things you recommend to your roofing members to get ready for for shoulder season? You absolutely need to do these so you're not slow. Don't wait. Um, Start now. This is the time to go out and uh, build those relationships. You can do the outbound calling and when the weather's bad. But right now is the time to go out. Specifically, if you're in the storm area, you need to have relationships with property managers, uh, insurance agents, um, get to your community organizations, BNI, chamber functions, things like that. Get in now. Get out now. Get people to see who you are. And quite frankly, you need to brand yourself, not just the company. You need to brand you. You know, I had people call me all the time going, hey, such and such told me to give you a call. You're the guy to talk to. I didn't even know who such and such was. You know, I was like, three <laughs> people down had given my name out because you know, I talked to everybody. Tell everybody what you do. Don't. I love it. Good stuff. SD, same question to you. What are a couple things you're really recommending to members as we get closer here to shoulders? 
So for us, and this is going to be specific to what's happening right now, we've got the Inflation Reduction Act rebate that is mm. ready to rock and roll at some point, hopefully quarter four, quarter one, not quite sure it's in the state's hand. So getting your website ready, making sure that we have that kind of verbiage on the website that'll lead customers when they're searching to you and not specifically right to the rebate site. I want them to have to go through your company to find the good info. So making sure again that your website is dialed in and and has the keywords in there that are needed. Um, for us, number two is making sure that we are working on our outbound calling script. Yes, we yes. need to be absolutely scripted. We need to make sure we are staying on point with our messaging and that no matter who from the company calls, we are all speaking the same language. Yep. And for me, number three is to make sure that you have a budget in mind and that when you've established that budget, that we don't start saying, ooh, well, we were a little down or, oh, I don't know that I can. You can and you must because we got to spend some to make some. Yep, absolutely. Great stuff, guys. Just kind of in summarizing, and I also say for certain PEP members, utilize your coaches. They're the ones that know you the best. You know, you you might need something specific in your business that others may not. Um, also, for members, if you're not in tag groups where you can talk with fellow members of your similar size, be sure to sign up for those when they're available. We've got Expo coming up, Certain Path Training, where you can rub shoulders with some of the best contractors in the country. There's over a 1,000 of us now, so come join us if you're not part of the family. Essie uh, and Rich, thank you so much for all your time uh, this morning. I really appreciate it. Thanks for bringing up this topic is, a, is something we should cover. It, it's been fun, and I think it will be useful for a lot of people. So thanks so much. Thank you. I hope you've enjoyed today's show. If so, please like and subscribe on YouTube. If you're on your favorite podcast player, please leave us a five-star review. The two seconds you take to leave a review will help other success-minded contractors like you find us and hopefully get a little bit better, which elevates our entire industry. And please join me for future episodes. This has been The Successful Contractor, powered by CertainPath. Support for this podcast comes from Yellowstone Local. Are you a home service company struggling to find experienced employees to hire? Then you need to schedule a meeting with Yellowstone Local, the undisputed leader in helping home service companies build high-performing teams. Yellowstone Local doesn't just fill open positions, they shift your entire recruiting paradigm, changing your brand into a magnet for amazing people and helping you hire people that embody your vision, your drive, and your commitment to excellence. With an intentionally extensive approach, you'll have a partner that builds and executes the entire process for you, saving you time and money while getting the best results. So in an industry where your product is your people, don't settle for less where it matters most, Visit YellowstoneLocal.com today and experience a different way to hire. For more information, contact Warren Lentz at 512-962-2638 or email Warren at Yellowstone. The Successful Contractor Podcast is part of the Certain Path family. Certain Path builds successful home service businesses and has for 23 years. We do it by providing contractors with a proven path to success, professional coaching, software solutions, and a member community of over 1,000 contractors just like you. Doubling your sales with a 20% net profit and an inspiring company culture is all possible. Let us show you the way. With CertainPath, success is made certain. Visit www.mycertainpath.com for more information.